Welcome to this week's Saving America, and we've got a, a full full program for you this week. And we're going to start with in the news, including the terrorist attack on the Capitol and the sad outcome there. A uh, few other quick news clips. And then the rumor of the week is that the Biden administration is helping out enemies of America and Israel in a uh, violation of American law. So that'll be kind of interesting. And third, we have our Just the Facts segment. We've got uh, newspaper man and uh, consultant Jonathan McElvey, and I think you'll be fascinated by what he has to say about the newspaper industry and community newspapers. So let's get started with in the news. And we've got a, a very sad situation happened. A terrorist um, attacked the Capitol or attacked a couple Capitol policemen by running them over. Uh, one was killed, one has just been released from the hospital, uh, though I think he was fairly seriously injured. Uh, once uh, he had done that, he hit the barricade, which is good, barricade worked, and he jumped out of the car with a knife and fortunately was shot by other officers uh, guarding the Capitol. Now, unfortunately, following this incident, the, um, the news media reported, oh, well, this is a success. Uh, the person didn't get to the Capitol. Well, let's review this. Two Capitol policemen hurt, one dead, one seriously injured. I'm sorry, that's not success from my standpoint. I'm not calling on more guards, I'm calling on more intelligence in the way that the guards are established and set up. But uh, this was indeed a, a very unfortunate situation and I think we do need to pay attention. The other part of this is I think a lot of the mainstream media have tried to hide the fact that uh, Noah Green uh, is a terrorist. Um, he um, rather ironically on the same day that he did this horrible thing, he was scheduled to have his name changed to Noah uh, Zaim Muhammad. He didn't show up for that uh, uh, court hearing because he was shot to death for uh, attempting to kill people at the Capitol. And uh, what's interesting, he's a follower of uh, old uh, Louis uh, Farrakhan, who uh, Rush Limbaugh, the late Rush Limbaugh, used to refer to as Calypso Louis. I don't know where he got that, but uh, um, Farrakhan has been described by the far left Southern Poverty Law Project as a racist, as an anti-Semitic, and um, basically a bad guy inciting bad things. So I'm trying to find out when will uh, Facebook and Twitter stop Farrakhan for instigating terrorism against the United States. It'll be interesting to see. Let me know when we hear that, okay, folks? And though um, the other situation there is that uh, we've, we've got a situation with some very unfortunate things happening around, uh, around the world. Uh, another report that came in regarding our crisis at the border, and we're gonna hear from Jonathan McGelvey later, but yeah, folks, it is a crisis. Um, they did fortunately pick up two terrorists from Yemen who were uh, wandering out around out there near our Southern border. 
And what's interesting is both of these guys are on the no-fly list, which means they could not fly into the United States. On the other hand, because of Biden's pathetic anti-American policies, they walked across the border. Now, if these two cats walked across the border and somehow we caught them, what about the thousands and thousands that are called getaways? They're not recorded, they're not fingerprinted, they're just walking into our country. How many of them are engaging in slavery of young children? How many of them are providing drugs um, and especially fentanyl and especially dangerous drug made in China, assembled in Mexico and shipped into the United States by uh, illegal transportation methods across the southern border. These are very, very serious issues. And of course, these are very serious times. And so that's what's in the news today. Let's take a look at the rumors. We've got old Joe Biden out there using, of all things, the Civil Rights Act to stop the proposed widening and rerouting of Interstate 45 through downtown Houston. Now, this is known as Pierce Elevated. I actually wrote an ethics case that sounds a lot like this uh, deal. But uh, the situation is, is that uh, it seems that we're approaching ultimate woke, W-O-K-E, ultimate woke, when we say that a freeway, because it might displace some African-American residents, is a civil rights violation. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, Biden and Pete Buttigieg and the rest of the crew uh, all get F grades from Professor Shine for this ludicrous misuse of the civil rights laws. There's certainly a lot of things that we could focus our attention on. This is not one of them. And by the way, folks, I am opposed to the proposed project. I think it is a bad idea, but I want it stopped for the right reasons. I don't want it stopped because of the woke crazies that are currently dominating Washington, D.C. and its government systems. Uh, another rumor that's floated by here is that the Biden administration, in contradiction or contravention of American law, have been pipelining aid to the Houthi rebels who are supported by Iran. Last I heard, Iran has been chanting, uh, chanting for at least 30 something years, death to America, death to Israel. I'm not sure why we wanna support anybody or anything that is under the protection or the encouragement of Iran. But uh, this is uh, money being given to the Houthi rebels. They've been taking off the, taken off the terrorist watch list a very bad idea, as bad as opening up the southern border to drug dealers, criminals, and terrorists, as they have done. And then um, they are also ramping up financial aid to the Palestinians. Um, they publicly announced they were going to give away $15 million of your hard-earned tax dollars. The truth is that they have added another $75 million in quiet the next day. Now, let's run this by. Palestinians supposedly are the poster children for all of the Middle East. Far as I know, UAE, Saudi Arabia, and other countries that are rich in oil have plenty of money. 
And I'm not sure why they're not taking care of the Palestinians. It sounds like they could put them all up in $400 a night hotel rooms like the Biden administration is doing at our southern border. But I don't think that they need our hard-earned tax dollars to attack Israel. And note that with regard to the Houthis, with regard to the Palestinians, that there is a specific US law, I'm gonna read from it, it says, may not provide aid to the Palestinian Authority or fund projects who would benefit from as long as the authority pays stipends to the perpetrators and families of those convicted of anti-Israel or US attacks. This is bad policy, just as Biden has continued from his short administration to engage in bad anti-American, anti-international American interests. And that is the rumor for this week. Welcome to Saving America segment three. And this is our Just the Facts segment. And we've got a great guest today. Jonathan McGelvey is president and CEO of McGelvey Partners, a company that publishes news and works with small businesses to improve marketing in Houston, Dallas, Fort Bend County, and Charlotte, North Carolina. This company delivers more than 350,000 print publications each week with an additional 500,000 page views uh, each month. It's just a, just an incredible record. And uh, Jonathan, I know a little bit about your background, but I wanted to start right off and talk about neighborhood newspapers against the backdrop of the collapse of, of the major newspapers. I remember right here in Houston, we had uh, the morning paper and the afternoon paper, then the afternoon paper bought the morning paper. And uh, I think the, the circulation of Houston Chronicle, the remaining newspaper, is, um, is a fraction of what it was before. Daily readership is way down. I think they still sell a reasonable number of Sunday papers. Their staffing is way down. Uh, they've actually sold their, their landmark building in downtown Houston. But you have made an investment in a very different but parallel industry. Tell us about neighborhood newspapers. Well, that's a great way of putting it because uh, people say, well, you're a newspaper. The Chronicle's a competitor of yours, and it's not. And we're like completely different industries today. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the history of the Chronicle and the, and the Post and the joint operating agreement they had and, and the background there is one thing. Um, the scope of local, well, we could talk for five hours about just this topic, but but news has seen such a drastic change over the last decade, really starting, you go back to that, it really really happened in, in the Great Recession. In 2007, I, I, 2006, I came to Houston to help run a, a larger company that had 65 newspapers in Houston and East Texas and in Denver. And we had some, 2007 and 2008 were banner years. I mean, so it's that quickly, it's, you know, 12, 13, 14 years ago. And, and as the recession hit, that, that devastated marketing budgets. And as marketing budgets were devastated, small companies, small businesses, advertisers, which is in the past 75% of the revenue of any news, whether it's the Chronicle or my company, um, it left. I mean, it just literally left. Revenues dropped by half within five years. And it all went to this free place or supposedly free place of Facebook and Google. All the investment went there. Well, as people cut their marketing, the first and easiest place 
and every news company did a pretty good job of trying to be as efficient as possible. But when you do that, you cut the most important thing you have at a news organization, and that is content. And when you cut your content, you have a less valuable product. It would be just like if Apple got rid of all their developers and said, we're just going to keep putting the same iPhone out every year now. In fact, it's not going to be as good as it was last year, but we're, we need to charge you more and we'd like more people to buy it. It doesn't work. That's no business model. So that, I mean, I don't know how to better sum up what's happened. At the local level, we saw a huge drop too. I mean, and, and obviously the year of COVID has been very difficult as well. But the difference in what we do, I don't want to take it all to politics because it's not all politics, but we cover things in your life that nobody else covers. If you pick up a Chronicle, and I would never beat up on the Chronicle, I actually would say Hearst newspapers through COVID and over the last two or three, four years has done a better job than most um, at trying to provide a good news product. But, but we cover things, but well, if you, if you pick up the Chronicle, you're gonna see the same thing there that you see in USA Today and in the New York Times and on TV and whatever digital news source you have. Uh, local news isn't like that. We cover things that nobody would ever consider covering from apartments being built on 34th Street or in Diane Villa, um, all these things that impact your life. Um, that's what we do. We, we don't even pretend to want to cover voter suppression issues because that's not our, that's not our forte. That's not our expertise. We live here. We're your neighbors. We know what you do. And there is huge, David, there is huge value on knowing what's going on in your neighborhood, your local businesses, your local schools, your churches. And, and those things are still today vitally important. And you know what? You can't get them anywhere else. So you know, that's our value. Jonathan, what I, I thought was interesting is, um, as I mentioned in, in my previous neighborhood, um, I got the leader newspaper, which is one of your banner newspapers. Uh, delivered to my uh, front door, I think every Thursday, if I recall correctly. And, um, and I looked through it and, and learned about my neighborhood. One of the things that I appreciated about the neighborhood newspaper is they were generally apolitical. If, if they featured an article about the local county commissioner or something, it was, well, the county commissioner has, uh, you know, blood donation day or uh, food collection day or something. It was, it was not hey, this is a big time Republican or this is a big time Democrat. And uh, do you think that may have helped the neighborhood newspapers in this current uh, environment? Well, nothing's, no, nothing's helped us because yeah. our local businesses in the past year, have, I mean, I don't mind telling you, we're in half, our revenue's in half from last year. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of thing's not helping as much, but where it's, most important to me running this company, we've been able to survive, is that we, yes, not being political really does help. I mean, the, the exhaustion we feel, I wrote about it this week, the, the crisis we, much, we must read about every single day that we pick up the national news, it never was that way. And so, so I like to write every once in a while, write humor columns about life of raising three children. Those are the most responded to columns I ever write because people want to break. They want to break. And that is one thing that local news does. We don't cover politics because we're not experts on it. And because you can get it anywhere else. Why would you, why would you offer, why would I go set up a hamburger stand next to McDonald's? I, you know, we're going to cover the things that nobody else does. One of my tenants, and I've run newspapers for 20 years now, 
is that we local newspapers number one most media if you don't if if you recognize it is reactive and in our company we want to in community journalism we're proactive we want to be relevant in our the, the lives of our readers and the way to do that we have this saying every every newspaper has to do a great job of focusing on people prisons and possibilities we cover the people in our community the prisons are the hard news the public safety issues, but the possibilities are the most important thing. How can we help our community become better? And that's the value of local news is that we're literally partners. The community owns this paper. We don't own it. We just run it for them. But right. how can we make our community better? What are the things we can do? What are the stories we can cover, the issues we can tackle that will make the place that we live better? If we stick to that, people will respect it and continue to support it. And Jonathan, you, you, you jumped to my third topic. So let's talk about uh -oh. that now is um, I, I loved your editorial on uh, the word crisis. And I actually uh, put that out on my social media um, the day after you made me aware of it. I, I wouldn't have seen it otherwise, but I, I thought it, it presented a lot of common sense. Why don't you tell, tell our listeners a little bit about what you talked about? Well, it has to do with what we're talking about. One of the biggest shifts that's happened in news that most people and we need to, we need to spend more time invested in learning about, we are, we're not just consumers of news. We used to just be the consumers. Yes, we pay for cable or we pay a quarter for a newspaper. We're not just the consumers anymore. We're the actual product. We are the product that news organizations are trying to sell. So, and the reason for that, without going too deep, is that when you visit a news website, wherever you visit your news and get your news, when you visit that said website you all have to we all have to hit that accept the cookies and and the reason for that is that once we go there they can watch us and track us and sell that information of hey i went and bought some golf clubs or i'm buying diapers they know i've got kids under the age of two or three the things that we do allow the news organizations now to sell that hologram of us to advertisers so as the news model has shifted the business model of news has shifted what happens now is they need us to their site more often. They need us, and not just that, they need us to share like you did. They need us to comment. They need us to like. The more interaction we have with news stories, the more valuable we become to news organizations. So what's the best way to get us to share, to like, to comment is to incite emotion. And the best way to incite emotion is through fear and anger. That is, that's every psychological study there's ever been done is that the way to get to emotions through fear and anger. Well, how do you create fear and anger in readers? It's through a crisis. It literally is through a crisis. And I did all this research on how many times the word crisis is appearing. The Washington Post has almost tripled the number, if you annualize the way, the number of times they use the word crisis on their, on their website today is almost triple from the average of the past 15 years. That's not coincidence. It's because they need us to feel emotion. They need us to be angry and scared. They need us to come back tomorrow to see if our, our fears have been alleviated or if we should be more angry. And that is the business model of news. That's why it's so, it's, it's not right. That's not what news is supposed to be. So, Interesting. Uh, Jonathan, we're running short on time, but be, before we go, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about uh, you're kind of a, I, pardon the expression, a mini conglomerate because while you do the neighborhood newspapers and you do quite a bit of that, as I mentioned, um, you also provide uh, other services. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So newspapers and the way I started, 99% of our customers, are, as I call them, our clients are small businesses. And so 
we've developed different divisions of our company all based on helping small businesses reach potential customers. And so as we've grown, we bought the green sheet almost three years ago now. It was kind of gonna, it was gonna be shut down, but we saw a client base of small businesses that need a way to market that can't afford the $2,500, $3,000 a month you probably should spend on SEO and web development and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So we've taken all these clients that we have and we said, how can we help? Our motto for McKelvey Partners, which is the umbrella company now, our motto is that we help good small businesses find more customers. And we don't care how you do that. We have a digital division that helps you build websites, helps you with SEO and the most affordable price we can find. And there aren't many of those left. We do commercial printing work. If you need flyers, banners, all that stuff. We work with you, we do direct mail, we do anything because we know the value of small business. And where I've taken our company is to kind of merge my experience of working with thousands of small businesses in my career with my content. I'm a journalist at heart, I'm a, by trade. I'm trained to be a journalist and also to run businesses. And one of the things I'm trying to do is help better inform small businesses about the news that's out there that impacts them. You can't find that anywhere. The Wall Street Journal doesn't do it. The Financial Times doesn't do it, doesn't focus on small business. It's kind of a, it's littered everywhere. And so one of my goals of the company is if you're a small business owner, I'm not even trying to sell you anything. We offer for free through McKelvey Partners information that will help you run a small business. If you read that and you want some help, we have all kinds of divisions that can help just like you do. But that's kind of in, I know we're quick, we need to be quick, but that's, that's where our company is headed and we're having a good time at it. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, it's evident to me with your enthusiasm that, that you're having a good time and uh, you are an asset to the community and we appreciate your time today in our Just the Facts segment on Saving America. And I hope our viewers and listeners will join us again next time.